world, Southside Chicago and beyond. We are back. This is Ergo Radio. You rocking with your boy Dang, Squad, and in, uh, this is as he mentioned, Ergo showcasing strong young voices from Chicago and beyond here on WHBK 88.5, WHBK.org, ErgoRadio.com. That's all the URLs I got for you right now. Shout out to everybody on the uh, TuneIn Radio app, the iTunes College Radio app. We're everywhere, man. We're kind of global. Yeah, I mean, or if you're walking past someone's window, they have the live stream bumping and you're hearing it through that. Like, shout out to you. Shout out to them for keeping their windows open. Shout out to you and your 2002 Impala rolling down Cottage Grove right now, (laughs) checking out 88.5. It's all love. And I am excited to be here because I have one of my favorite people, one of my best friends, um... And local legend, oh, no. Young John Doe. What's good, squad? <laughs> what's good, Shade? We in here, what's up in here? What's up, what's up? How, how your day been? How your week been going? The last seven days. Give, give us a temperature. What's going on in John Doe's life? days, the temperature, 91, like outside, True. man. It is hot. Way too hot. I'm in the studio being way too hot, you know, as above, so below. So, so you been in the studio? Yeah, I'm... Uh, actually working on an EP right now, just something small, because I just put out Solar System Volume 1 last year, um, and now I'm just working on an EP while I wrap up Solar System 2. All right. So I'm just trying to get both of of those things out before the year's over. For the listeners who stay connected to us through our, uh, you know, heavy internet presence, you know, you were supposed to, uh, or we're going to be up here last week, we're glad we got you now. Um, we had a uh, a work conflict, as I understand it. <laughs> a technical difficulty. What's the uh, What's the day job? Uh, so as my day job, I just take reservations at um, an okay restaurant. It's pretty nice. It's in Chicago. I'm not gonna say where it is. Sometimes people come to my job and they're like, "Aren't you John Doe?" <laughs> I'm like, "Uh, not right now." <laughs> You get tipped better if you have like a really strong LP out. Like, is that how this goes? <laughs> Obviously not, because <laughs> I would probably just quit if my tips were based off of how hot my music is. Mm, yeah, no, that's fair. You feel me? Yeah. I, so, um, despite how on the song uh, "Cook," I believe you pronounce the word "can't can't." You're from Chicago, correct? Yeah, like the British pronunciation oh, on it. Man. So good. But you're from here, though, right? Yeah, no, no, no. I'm definitely from here. I don't know. I think it's like listen, growing up listening to a lot of European music. So like, I always had the weird tone, but I think ultimately I probably learned to sing mostly from like British singers. So people always say they hear that, but it's not something that's like a conscious decision. Mm-hmm. Like, but I do hear a lot of American artists do that. They try to like emulate that, but it's definitely not something. I do on purpose, and I am growing out of it, which is a good mm. thing. So, if I'm not mistaken, don't you like speak another language? I speak another. I speak a couple languages, but not fluently in anything. Isn't there like a family language that that you have? So that, yeah, Finnish. Explain, what's, what's that about? Explain what's going on. <laughs> you speak Finnish. Uh, I do speak Finnish just a little bit. I'm not gonna speak it on air because you're um, finished talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> I knew, my, you, I knew that was coming. It's my, <laughs> that's my one bad joke for the episode. Uh, I have to get that ready. All right, Danny. Y'all boy. definitely need oh, that. No. I got to get you. I got to oh, get no. you. That's your punishment for bad oh, no. jokes. I'm going to start calling you daddy every time. Uh. <laughs> Y'all need the sound effects with it. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I think ready. it gets like the like do-it-yourself mentality when we just do it ourselves. Like We just yeah. make the sound. Like We've had... From listening to the music, check this out, check this out. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> that has happened damn near every episode that one of us or the guest at some point has either just said a flex bomb yeah. or has made a siren sound. Oh, damn. So, we'll so I need to join the, the club. Moment. Yeah, but it's got to be the I right I got to find my yeah. alley. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm going to think hard about that. So where in the city are you from? I'm from the west side of Chicago. Um, I come from a pretty diverse family. So I've lived. All over the city, Humboldt Park, Logan Square, um, Westside, Lawndale, Austin area. Um, I lived in the South Side, Inglewood, High Park, which I'm moving back to High Park this weekend. Which is, it's exciting. That's what's up. Um, and yeah, so I lived everywhere. I lived far south. Um, I lived in like Oswego in the suburbs. So 
but I'm a city kid ultimately. But you claim Westside. Oh We've yeah, had yeah. Many, <laughs> oh yeah. Many a, a vicious yeah. Southside. Dame Westside and I <laughs> definitely will go hand to like head to head about Westside versus Southside, and you know you see I put Westside first because Westside. I don't even. Counts. I mean, like, not alphabetically. It's yeah. just S and W. But how I know you guys go way back. How do y'all know each other? I feel like I'm the like the new kid on the block. Like, how do y'all? <laughs> how'd y'all first meet? Well, me and Dane went to kindergarten together. <laughs> um, he tried to steal my crayons. Wow! But so you, I beat you his kept ass. Yeah. I beat his ass. She is completely lying. She <laughs> took my color pencils and then she tried to make it seem like it was me the whole time. Mm. Basically, Dane been a hater from the get go, but he grew out of it, so we got cool again. But nah, nah, nah. Um, Dane. Y'all went to kindergarten together. Did you go to school? After that, we kind of like lost touch. But then he booked me for an event that he did with uh, him and Christiana for their April's Fool um, event on like April 1st. And I performed there. And we pretty much became really super cool after that. We just started to hang out and have a lot of mutual friends and (laughs) stuff like that. So... So it's a rare opportunity, but I got to, you mentioned the crayon thing. Any other, like, how would you describe Kindergarten Damon? Kindergarten Damon? That's a lie. All right, let's stop. We have a whole hour. We got to get into it. Because she's lying to you. We didn't actually go to kindergarten together. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm not even going to let her. But Kindergarten Damon, we already know he was a hater. Not even, man. I was the man in kindergarten. Stop hating. You're hating right now. He was a man. He was a man. As you hate yourself. Damn, homie. And kindergarten, he was a man, homie. <laughs> what happened? But word. Now, we met through, like, the, 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 yeah. the YCA scene. Yeah. So we would see each other at, like, word plays and yeah. different other shows. And then through that event is, like, how we actually started communicating on, like, a first-name basis. It was, like, three years ago now. Yeah. So since then. Long-term friendships. It's been, I've been happy to see you grow. Man, you're getting old. How old are you now? Can you uh, tell the world your real age? Or is it a secret? Do I want to? I just feel like everybody's going to come for me because people think I'm like as old as like 28 and like 25, well, 26. inform the public. Let the people know. I'm really know. young. Um, I'm in the dub club right now. And so, you know, to the listeners, that's not old, but seeing as though like I've just been out here doing music and doing like open mics and, since I was like 15. So a lot of friendships I made very, very young. A lot of people they see me now and they're like, "Damn, like you hella grown." <laughs> so like, yeah. So explain that that like experience. You were always kind of like everybody's baby sister for real. Like, how did that feel going to high school and like your video just dropped and like, <laughs> you got ten thousand people? You know Man. what I'm saying? Like, showing it you was... love from all over the world. How how did you? How were you able to balance that as like as you were maturing yourself? I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't really good at it um, because I was so like. I'm diagnosed ADD. I don't wholeheartedly believe that it's something that's like serious or something that limits me. But I did feel a very distracted. I had a lot of anxiety in high school. And so music was the only thing that I liked doing, the only thing that I was really willing to focus on. But like all my teachers said the same thing, like you're really smart and you know, what's going on? But once they found out I started doing music, I would be in class and People in class like, oh, oh, play a new video, play a new video. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm trying to get my grade up. Meanwhile, I'm trying to graduate. People want to play my videos. And then, like, it would be people like, oh, I saw you in this girl's video. Like, I don't know who it was, but, like... I'm like, it was me. <laughs> I It was my song. That's why I was singing the whole song in the video, but... So backtracking to before, before the requests were coming in in third period... Uh, how'd you first get into a place? Let's even say even before you started making yeah. music, like mm-hmm. what what were you listening to growing up? What was the more specifically? What was the first record you ever like begged someone to buy you, like your parents <laughs> to buy you? Uh, dang, first record. I've been a Beyonce fan. Dangerously in Love, the first song I ever covered. I was eleven years old, and this like my like cousins like little you know, some homemade studio they had in the basement. So, like, that was the first album I really wanted. But 
it was like, I don't know, it was a sale at Target or something. Mm-hmm. So my mom bought me like six albums at once and it was just all R&B, like Beyonce, Ashanti, Alicia Keys, like just all really strong female voices at the time, Aaliyah. And so, like, did Christina Milian make the cut? Oh no, no, not even. She was in the other bin. I'm good on Shorty. <laughs> I'm hella good. That's you know, good. she was good in that movie with Nate Cannon or whatever. And she was that. Uh, even though bringing us love, yeah, I kind of no, like that song. A hit or two. Yeah, she was or, cool or in that movie. Be a cool. hitter or. She was in Be Cool. Oh, the Travolta movie. The, yeah, yeah I don't that, that was actually like I loved that movie yeah. in high school. I yeah. do not recall. I'm not hating. The, I don't want people on the air to think I'm just a hater, like a chronic hater or something. No, the important thing is that, that we get. We That's gonna that. be the headline. A chronic hater. Y'all gonna start a beef with me and her love for Nick Cannon. She can be like, who even are you? How about Nobody you, girl. What was the first one for you that you like begged to have your parents buy you or that you bought with your own money? Um, I think the first like CD that I had, it had to be a secret. It was Eminem. Uh, I don't know if it was an Eminem show or like the Marshall Mathers LP, but my sister, like his friend had like burned an extra copy of an Eminem CD and then I got one, another one from a kid at school and I would like try to hide them for a good two weeks before my dad figured out but it was cool my dad played like cursing music with me when i was like five and said we grew up listening to biggie so those swear words you know like (laughs) i was able to kind of get away with the eminem thing easier when my mom wasn't looking just like a quick side note i've i just realized i've never asked you this like did you grow up because since your dad was like on comic view and as a stand-up like did you did you grow up being allowed to watch that stuff like seeing the stool humping and such Uh, yeah absolutely Absolutely. I grew up like around comedy clubs and watching Comedy View late at night and critiquing the bad comics <laughs> and those who were just gimmicks. Definitely. I was always able to. That's been a cool part of life, I would say. You can never say I can't watch cursing because that's what dad does. For right. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's why you can never say uh, don't do alumni relations because that's what my father does for a living. Okay. It's, a sim- it's a similar thing. Back, back to, yeah. to, to our <laughs> guest at hand now. <laughs> uh, how your sister's doing? that's i've always seen that be a big part of your life you almost take like a motherly type of spirit around them so how many sisters you got how old are they how they doing shout them out three younger sisters zion zariah and zanae we all have z names my name is not available at this time But great for Scrabble, all three, all four. Yeah, 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 they're good. I can always use the Z words. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, they're 15, 10, and 7. And they're just very dear to my heart because my mom has all women. She's basically raising four women. And so that's one of um, my favorite Nina Simone songs. And we're all just four different, totally different personalities and so I just think I am inspired by them I really miss them currently I haven't seen them in a very long time but I miss them and they really encourage me to be something great so I can do something great for them right so like as the oldest I've seen that be a big part of like your development the fact that you have younger women coming up behind you that you want to be an example for so how is that like kind of shaped where you are being being the the big sister and does that affect your art in any way <laughs> or do you do you uh, worry about them hearing you or, or my art how does that feel no i feel like my art is honest and so that's the best example i can get for them to totally mm. be yourself don't be scared to feel this way or say how you feel in general and um don't be worried about how other people are gonna take you or like perceive you because ultimately people's perceptions don't matter so that my art I think is my best example I mean my everyday life I've definitely been responsible very young and so um that caused me to be more mature earlier I've always had peers um not really been in my peer group but have been around like older people especially artists because they teach me more. Sometimes I feel like I can't really learn a lot from my peer group because they're still kind of confused or mm. don't really have priorities. And so it's like 
I kind of envy that. Like, I wish I had a time in my life where I could just be like, you know, forget everything. I'm just going to have fun and do what I want. But I've always had to work to get to where I want. And so that kind of puts the drive behind my music and everything that I love doing. Yeah, that, um, that like, comfort with basically saying that people's perceptions don't matter, which is, like, a really strong, important statement. Um, and it seems like for yourself, both in your music and in your life. Like, do you remember around what point because that's it's like one thing to say that it's another thing to like live by that mm -hmm. like how you basically taught yourself to believe that <laughs> because i i mean i had a rough upbringing as far as like being insecure and being self-conscious and so i kind of always feel like awkward or like the ugly duckling you know what i mean See, that's what happens when you steal people's crayons <laughs> <laughs> but no it's like at some point i just had to be like you know, I'm still kind of insecure. I'm still, some. it's a daily thing to work on. But the thing that helps the most with that is like, I have people, everything is about perception. Whatever you're doing, especially in the industry, it's like how people feel, how people like look at you like, oh, you're this person. When I'm Jean Doe and people know that, they treat me different from when they just know me as a person, like mm -hmm. on the street or at my job. You know what I mean? And right. so I, the way I live is like, I want people to respect me no matter where I go, no matter who I am. That's kind of like the point of being called John Doe because it's like, ultimately, no, you don't know me, but you can agree to just know that I'm just a person. I have the right to just be myself and I don't have to answer to anybody. So, mm. Yeah, and that's uh, an interesting mentality and a thing where, like you're saying, it's all about like exceptionalism or right. traditionally, like, and so fighting against yeah. that. Um, Word, word. I think this is a, a good time to actually listen to John Doe. So we got a new track. Uh, is this like a world premiere? A world joint? premiere? Have people, have people heard glow? this? The Glow. Is this, uh, this on a new EP, right? This is for the project. I hope people that like me and are following my music are listening because this is for the new project, um, Solicism Volume 2. Um, it is like... Uh, Chicago premiere right now. So. Okay, Damon, we're coming up here. We got exclusives. This is love. I guess we need a, a bump, bump, bump. Drop, drop <laughs> the bomb. There we go. Bang, we go. Glow. DJ Fair.
Hey, hey. And we're back. Oh, man. That's a banger, G. Damn, banger. That's hot. That's hot. We're banging out the roller rink. So, so, so who, who's, who's that? That's the homie on the track with you? The Mind. Word, you guys word. probably know him from uh, Mancus, uh Mutual Friends of ours. <laughs> we're both on um, the waters. Uh, the Mind, he's great. He is the homie and i like working with him because he always knows what to do with you on a track and he's good at you know emulating any sound that he wants so it was easy to go into that he helped a lot with that track as far as like the layers and just adding his own stuff to it and so uh, he's going to be on, He's it's so crazy because he's always like the only feature on my stuff. Right. On the first Solar System Volume 1, he's the only feature. And then it's going to be him and Via Rosa, who's my sister, <laughs> on the next um, project. Is That means Bug produced that track? Yeah, Bug, okay, shout out them, them people. people. Yeah, absolutely. You already know <laughs> my homie. So as we were listening to it, you know, we're, we're dancing over here in the studio. And, we, you know, that's kind of a different feel from what people are <laughs> becoming used to hearing from you. Yeah. Damon actually put on roller skates and was going. It's a very small studio, but he was going in circles. <laughs> he had a whole routine. Yeah, the MJ moves on mm-hmm. lock. Yeah. Um, but, no, that's totally what I'm going for. Um, like I said, constantly pushing the limit and not worried about people's perceptions because I already feel like based on the features that I've done in my last project people feel like I'm like this slow this R&B this like moody artist and it's like yeah sometimes as a person I am really moody and I feel like taking things slow having being patient with things but other times I'm in a really light mood I love to be happy I love to laugh I love to dance and so I just started kind of working with that and just working on, like, it's going to be some type of R&B stuff, but I'm not making anything specifically for that. You know, I'm not, yeah. t- oh, I'm making this for the, nah, because everybody's going to like it who who likes my music. So um, it's just more of, like, doing the opposite. That's originally why I wanted to do put Solar System as two projects because, it was just too much it was it wasn't gonna be fluid because it was just gonna be a lot to digest so i just thought that i would take some of the tracks that didn't make the first cut and put them on this project with some new stuff yeah i mean it's interesting you mentioned mick in relation to that because i remember right after his track 11 came out him talking in an interview about like basically saying how important it felt to make that and then realizing that if he wanted to like feel happy and feel sane then he needed to make things that made himself and other people feel happy um like so is that part of the idea is like one it's a better reflection of who you are but also like if you're going to keep making music like do you want to just make stuff that makes you like so that when you're listening to it it makes you happy and that's ultimately like i'm gonna probably put out a song one day or maybe i already have put out something that people don't like but if i can listen to it and thoroughly enjoy it that's all that matters because as soon as I start making things specifically for other people, I'm not going to enjoy it anymore. It's going to become like a job. You know what I mean? Like when I'm at my day job, I'm smiling at customers who I would probably like beat their ass if I was in work. Um, like Hi, normally. <laughs> you know it's what like, I mean? It's a good thing you didn't say what restaurant it was. <laughs> yeah. Trying to keep like, people from getting. Yeah, they, exactly. Yeah. They're going to be listening like, who is it? Y'all ain't no. about this life. Brunch, <laughs> yeah, man. man. <laughs> the brunch people. I don't miss mimosas my ass. They're the worst. <laughs> and they're just so entitled. And so, like, but it keeps me, it keeps me to be like humble and like really um, understand how to treat people because the more I'm in that position, I can never get to a place where I'm I'm not working anymore and start to treat people the way that people treat me at my job. Mm. Cause like I said, some people they come in there and they know who I am and it's like, oh my God, like you're cool as hell. What are you doing here? Mm. And it's like, no, I'm just working. Like I'm a working girl the That's same like way the I work on the music. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, Obviously, I want to be in a place where I can work on music full time. But right now, it just feels like having two jobs. Because every second I'm not in the, in the studio, I'm at work. And when I'm not at work, I'm in the studio. So 
Any uh, brunch nightmare stories? Like, what's the worst oh. or most entitled and most obnoxious? The, wor the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my day job. Um, this, we get a lot of, I'm kind of like in a high-rise building. And so we get a lot of people who have to take an elevator who are claustrophobic. Why do claustrophobic people come to a high-rise building <laughs> where they have to take an elevator? <laughs> I'll never understand, but that's you not You can get eggs Benedict on the ground. They do like, offer it down You know there. what I mean? Yeah. Like a ground level restaurant. It's not that hard. But <laughs> this one woman, she got put on the elevator. And now there are people, there's a bar and then there's a restaurant. So there are people leaving the bar and it's like six people on the elevator. I want, the elevator can hold 28 people. So it's a really big elevator. Mm -hmm. I want to put maybe five people on the elevator. So I, the elevator opens. I'm putting these people on. And this lady, she puts her hands up. She's from Britain. She's like, no. No more people. No. I can't no! do it. No. <laughs> I'm claustrophobic. I said, well, ma'am, you know, if it's really that much of a problem, you could step out of the elevator. I'll put you on the next one. But I'm going to have to get this the end of the night. These people want to go home. They've probably spent way more money than you have. And she's like, you are so rude how dare you and then her husband starts getting into it with this other guy and he's like f you like i'm getting on the elevator who do you th she works here like how are you gonna tell us we can't get on the elevator so now it's becoming a problem and i'm standing there because i don't know what to do and i'm just like you know i'm trying to make this a a swift situation you're making it hard for me. And so she gets off the elevator, but I didn't realize she was with so many people. So she was literally just on the elevator with like her family and two people. And so they're all trying to console me. Like, you know, you're doing the best you can. Like, this is an intense situation. And so they come off the elevator. And so I, I realize it's her whole family. And they just like circle around me like some like lions in a, <laughs> like they're about <laughs> to jump me jump into a work. game <laughs> and they're just like you are so rude like, oh, you no. are so, that was the yeah. worst thing I've ever seen in my life being and jumped by British just, people or like chastised yeah. by British people and like, it was just like they were literally scolding me like I was like a house servant or oh, something and I was just like I want she was like I want to speak to a manager and I go to get my manager she said I am the manager <laughs> I, I, really, I could like, have at that moment because my manager was so annoyed mm -hmm. but he's like my favorite manager he's like this guy from turkey he's actually teaching me turkish right now and so i go and get him i'm like this woman wants to talk to you he's like i don't want to talk to her what's going on because she you could hear her from where he was at she was screaming at the top of her lungs at me like in my face and so i was just like man you got to go and talk to this lady. And so he comes down and she's like, your employees, <laughs> so rude. And she treated me this way. And she told me to step out of the elevator. And I want to blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, well, ma'am, what's up? <laughs> what it's can amazing. I do for you? It's amazing how much your impersonation sounds like Nikki doing a British accent. No, like, but she was straight, really like, like no, Dr. but these Spanish. British people, because I I know a lot of people from Europe that are like really nice and super calm. And so like, it's kind of like they feel disrespected when people from Europe come to a nice place and they oh, act over the top because it's literally like out of a movie. Like, oh my God, I get the nerve of these people to treat me like a, a someone on the street. I'm just like, you are someone on the street. I don't know you. I've never met you before and you're claustrophobic. You came to a high-rise building yeah, that's and on, that's you on have you, to get on an there. elevator. Yeah. 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 I'm going uh, to go back a little bit. We talked a, a, a lot about um, we mentioned Mick and we talked a little bit about you doing features. It was interesting how like before you had a project out, you were mm -hmm. featured on a few other prominent projects um, that turned a lot of light towards you mm -hmm. as you were developing and getting ready to like debut, so to speak. Right. Um, how did how did that feel? Was that like a pressure situation? Did you enjoy having, you know, that, that extra light uh, or was it something that after a while was like, yo, where's well, where's your take back now? You know, <laughs> it, pre, I mean, it was, a, it was a lot of pressure, and I feel like... No, but, no name Gypsy Syndrome, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we have... Real artists have to take their time with the debut project. Like, it is not easy. It's like your baby, and not only your baby, but it's like your first child. Like, oh my God, I have to do everything right, and I have to make sure that it's exactly the way I want to sound. And so, like, features are great. I love working with other artists that are friends of mine um, because they enjoy working with me, and they understand, like, 
what I do. So I loved working with Mick because I hate doing, I don't do features where it's just like I'm just in the background or I'm on the hook. And the most annoying thing with that or the thing that brought on the most pressure was being mentioned with these other artists who were known for doing like background vocals or singing Mm -hmm. on hooks. And it was almost like a competition. So not only are we all like, the backing vocal gang but like there's also a fight to the finish like no i'm not included in that is that gendered uh yeah mostly i mean i would say there's yeah i would say it's mostly female artists there's more pressure on us to like there can only be one whereas there's a million male rappers in chicago like alone so it's like I don't believe I don't believe in that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the pressure is there, but I don't believe in that and that's not I'm disregarding that when I'm making a tape. So all these people pressuring me to put something out that didn't deflect what I was going to do. And and you would also say that it's a, a gender issue the the constant desire to like just put place you on the hook or yeah. sing these four Oh yeah, sing this line. song about sucking my thing like oh sing this song about sex or sing this song about oh i got these bands and no baby not not today and not tomorrow so (laughs) i'm just no i've never been interested in that because i i enjoy working with mick especially because he didn't just say sing this hook that i wrote for healer it was like oh and then i want to hear you write a verse you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. he's showing he's displaying my full spectrum of talent when he's featuring me on a song, it's not just like I want to use you as some backing vocals. So he really helped me to just be myself on the track, and that's why I think it was more enjoyable. That there is my presence is all over the song, but it's still his song, and so mm-hmm. I feel like we did balance each other out well. Yeah. So I kind of came to your music pretty early in my exposure into the Chicago Renaissance basically mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in terms of who I, I was I love that you call it Chicago That's Renaissance we're just gonna it, definitely, it, it now, definitely, definitely is it definitely is a res- like, Renaissance <laughs> there's so many artists in Chicago that are just we're in the right place at the right time for the for past sure. few I years mean, absolutely and coming to you your stuff pretty early and you being you know you talked a little bit about even in like in high school kids knowing the thing or at work mm-hmm. like at this point beyond just the desire to like be able to have your job be making music like when the like expectations of next big thing are no longer or maybe they are but aren't really the focus like like what do you want what role do you want making music to serve in your life at this point that's a big question and i apologize no it's fine um i always wanted to be a role of therapy because I'm always going to be this anxious person that wants to do a hundred thing at things at once. And music is only one part of what I like doing. I just love creating in general. I like to write. I like to direct. Um, I like to do a lot of things. So it's like I think that ultimately music is just going to continue to be therapeutic for me. And so when I started putting it out, it was just more like my friends really liked it when I first started putting it out. That's the only reason I put music out because people mm. seem to like it. Um, if not, I would probably just make a lot of music and keep it to myself. But it's just ultimately therapy, and it helps to keep those thoughts that are just jumbling up my head like on paper and away from me, <laughs> ultimately. Yeah, yeah. I, you, you say how you do a lot. I think uh, what helped kind of build your brand so to speak even though i know that's like a corny phrase but mm-hmm. was was the fact that you were multi-dimensional as an artist and the fact that you were coming out so young and also directing um very cinematic uh visuals and and and, and really dope deep videos um how has that experience been are you are you got more visuals coming out <laughs> speaking uh, what, of what, cinematic <laughs> vid- uh, videos <laughs> Anybody's listening, seen the Motel Six yeah, video? Yeah, yeah. Check the Dame plays um, <laughs> the young cameo, black like writer. Role. Yeah, he had a very huge role, <laughs> yeah. and I had a pleasure directing him. It was probably the funnest thing yeah, we've ever done as dope. friends. We <laughs> yeah. went to LA together, you drove out to, to the for, desert. Wow. Oh yeah, it was it was a movie. It's a That's movie. Cool. He wasn't difficult on set? No, Damon yeah. is very easy to direct. Um, I and, disagree. <laughs> uh, he's, he's easy to direct, and he takes he takes direction well. So 
he had definitely made the shoot fluent. And I just, I really just enjoyed it. But back to your yeah, question. I appreciate that. That was, that was a dope experience. That was a lot of fun. So no, I, I was it, I, it was, I always feel good. Piece. Everybody on set seemed to be happy about the shoot. But um, yeah, I just, I feel like people don't, still don't know that. They only, they're now just, hearing the music they're just now like knowing what I do and hearing me here and there so like it's just like as people get to know me it's gonna be interesting to see them like oh your music's really dope oh this visual is really dope oh you're directing these visuals I'm about to start directing visuals for other artists that I really like because um it's just I have so many ideas and that's all I want to do ultimately is just create. And so I do have more visuals. I'm actually going to be wrapping up a visual today for Voodoo, um, which is from Solar System Volume 1. Um, and then uh, I have a treatment coming up for Kuka from the tape as well. Um, and I just have a lot of stuff coming up. I'm about to work on a video in the fall for a few artists that I know. So hopefully I'll get those things in motion and people will see it. Because even if it's not my stuff, just this, my ideas. If people are seeing my ideas, that's all I care about ultimately. Why don't we go ahead and hear Voodoo off of Solar System Volume 1, Dark Matters. John Doe here on Ergo, WHPK. Damon, play the track.
This is 88.5 FM WHPK, and we are here with John Doe. Yo. The, the world famous John Doe. That was Voodoo off Solar System Value Woman. If you don't have that project already, one, you are sleeping. Uh, <laughs> and help those who need to be awakened from that slumber. Where, where can they go check out um, Solar System? SoundCloud. Um, I know people say the Media Fire link doesn't work. I should probably put it somewhere me. else. It for me this morning. Okay. Well, well, y'all got to get better myself. computers. I just added myself for not having downloaded it before, but I've been streaming <laughs> it for a minute. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that's great. As long as people are listening, I don't really mind. Um, it's doing really well on Media Fire. I mean, people say the link doesn't work, but like... But they 15, lying. They was, 15, that was, that was downloads, so somebody <laughs> oh, got it. That was a number. That was a big number. That wasn't even. Meow, meow, meow. Yeah, not a humble brag, just like a like a low key brag. Yeah, no, I'm not bragging. I'm just this numbers don't You're lie. People are confident. listening. Yeah. People are definitely listening. That was all love. I, I definitely appreciate it. Got fifteen thousand downloads, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Listen to the kids, bro. Listen to John Doe, bro. Listen to John, bro. <laughs> John bro, that's an interesting little name change there. John bro, listen to John bro. You should uh, drop a John bro track. John bro, <laughs> did you see? I think I mentioned this to you, Dame, last night. But someone recut it into like the Seinfeld intro. They cut it. Oh yeah, it. Oh, I saw that Seinfeld. Yeah, very very good. The internet is too much. Oh, I've been dying all week with the. Uh, oh my god, you lying? <laughs> no, the internet is too lying. much. I, literally, I saw Molly. What's good? And somebody's like window today, like spelled out with sticky notes, and I was just dying because I'm like, the internet is the best thing that ever happened to this generation. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) That's a uh, a second ergo exclusive came in with some vocals for you. Um, But to the uh, to the the Loki, not brag, but the the statement there. It's something I was just thinking about on the way over here because I was listening to. I think it's the second or last track where you basically do two full like rapping verses. Uh, right now. Yeah, I'm right now. Oh, that's the banger. Yeah, no, that. Yeah, goes people love that crazy. song. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm gonna wait like ten years to do a video for that song. I like that idea. I'm just gonna bring it back like ten years later. It's literally gonna be like a resurrection of the song. Well, I definitely was enjoying it. I was thinking about how like, like of the folks we've talked to, and then even just other people from the city, like in comparison to. Like, at least the, not tradition, but typical, like, the hip-hop tropes. Like, there's a lot less, like, just, basically just people saying, like, I'm the best here. I was just saying, like, mm-hmm. who, there just aren't that many. Like, there are people saying, in the words of the immortal DJ Khaled, we're the best. Mm-hmm. Or are we the best? <laughs> we but there's are. not a lot of people being like, I'm better than everyone, like, screw everyone else. I couldn't yeah. really think of an no example. No the king of Chicago. Because we don't need that. Because we can, literally, all of us can just be great. And that's going to be Chicago's strong point. But people don't know the history of, like, music in Chicago has always been like that. Chicago's always been the home of, like, artists coming together and just being great and it becoming a movement of just, like, this. We're literally the Chicago renaissance right now. Nobody sounds like the artists that are coming out of Chicago. Nobody. So how did you learn about that history, though? Um, Just... Like, as a young person making music, like, where do you find out about, like, the lineage? Because when you start making stuff, yeah, as, a like, a outsider person, I can, yeah. like, hear the lineage there. But people don't always know, like, what they're building on. I learned just from being around family, like, being around people that are older who are not only musicians or people that just in, have enjoyed music. When I think about it, it's like... None of us have to be artists in order to tell our children and our grandchildren about the music that we just thoroughly enjoyed coming up. Like, my grandkids are going to know about 30 Sprite, too. Like, <laughs> that's just how life is going to go. They're they might roll know. their eyes like we do. They're going to know about crime mob. They're going to know about crucial conflict. They're just going to know. And they're not going to have to find out from anywhere else, yeah. even if they don't agree that it's hot. Like, What? So, like, what was the, the process like uh, of you actively deciding, like, I'm going to place myself as a part of this history or try to continue this legacy? So, uh, you, you keep saying that you are a creative and you always want to create, but that's one thing. But it's another thing to, like, be intentionally putting it out to the yeah. world and be a performing artist. How did that um, first step happen, especially since you were so young? I don't think it was ever a conscious decision. 
for everyone else, it was just like, well, it just makes sense. Like, you make music, people like it, put it out, perform it, make money off of it. And so I started having people, professional people, publishing uh, companies, record labels, setting me up so early. And it was just, like, scary because, like, I just wanted to make music. I just wanted to get my ideas out there. But people really, really started gravitating for toward me. And so that there was kind of power in that, just... Being power a, for you or power in their perspective? Just power in that perspective to make something that's just a extension of you and have people gravitate towards that because it's pure. And I think ultimately art is revolutionary. Uh, this is a, where we're at right now. We're going to have to do something that breaks a barrier. And so even if we're only progressing an inch in every generation, we have to do that to keep pushing forward. So... I think art is my place to do that because that's the thing that we're going to consume regardless. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. We've talked to, you know, this is the ninth show, and a lot of the artists we've talked to are kind of more explicit in the, like, directness of their um, uh, rebellion or uprising, however you want to put it, like, or or at least more, like, explicitly political Um and so that's an interesting contrast and also comparison. Like you're talking about how what you make is doing is serving a role in doing that same work. Mm. How do you imagine like literally the songs you make, like do you have a sense of what you want them to be doing in terms of moving that inch or more? No, because once you put it out there, it's up to the people what happens with it, whether they respond to it, whether they like it, whether it goes for it or not. Once I've put it out, I've done. I feel like I've done my part always, because then it's time to start on the next thing. I feel like ultimately my only job as an artist is to continue to grow because that's what people are seeing, and when they like you as an artist, that's what they're seeing. The growth, they're not thinking about, oh well, this last tape was this, but now this is no. They want to hear the growth. They want to hear you keep growing in your own sound. And the worst thing, the, the worst fear of people that are fans of somebody is to hear them stop growing, to hear them keep continually to, like making the same thing over and over to the point where it's just not exciting anymore. So I just want to keep growing as an artist and doing what I love. I think that's really interesting. Um, I think something interesting about you is kind of like the it's almost like a contradiction you mm -hmm. have of like how as an artist you're saying like you like to leave things up to interpretation mm -hmm. and uh, are somewhat abstract in, in ways uh but like as a person yourself and as john doe like kind of your, your your twitter and, and, and your persona <laughs> is very direct yeah and you can be also i've always appreciated how you can be very political in a way that's not too like mm -hmm. You know, Man. wordy or whatever. You know, That's you gotta, the system. Yeah, the way you get you right are, to the point, yeah. and like you could be very bold and explicit. Because at the same, at the same token, I am DTFS. <laughs> Um, all day. That's going to be my quote-unquote brand. That's going to be what I live by. That's going to be what I What's die that? for. as much as you can say. Death to yeah. fake-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Live edits. Um, but yeah, no, that's what I'm on because there's so much like fraudulent stuff in the industry. There's so much like phony stuff. There's so many gimmicks that people are buying into. And truth is a new game. People are not gonna be continuously soaking up this this these phony artists they're not real they're just trying to appeal to a certain type of crowd and so you know that's fine but for people that enjoy real music and genuine honesty that's that's what i'm making yeah i mean we were talking about this kind of on the bigger scale yesterday Dave, the like seeing clips from the vmas and like it just kind of feeling like the emperor has no clothes on like like it like everything that was put on stage there, all the looks on people's face. Like, it was all... It was fugazi, is what we're saying. Yeah. Like, it was, like, on, on the verge of all It seemed very staged. So <laughs> it seemed very staged. Um, a lot of it was just funny, which is why the internet is just so funny when they react to things. But, but it just doesn't seem like good entertainment. Like, it's, like, it's it doesn't look... It's not, mm -hmm. like, relatable. And there's just better entertainment out there. There's better music. There's better performances. Yeah, like all that and stuff. at this point, it's, like... It doesn't, it's, it's just a bunch of BS. And so like, if that's not what we want to see, we're just going to have to keep doing it the grassroots way. Just keep giving it to the community and letting them 
take it and do what they will with it. Well, we're going to play a little – oh, before we, we – we have a, a, like, fan favorite segment about to come up. But one, one last question. You going – you had anything uh, in the works with Sab coming up? Saba? Yeah, that was uh... – that, that's kind of how I. You, that's my cousin, y'all. I have like, to tell everybody. Joint with first <laughs> video I was ever in was with Saba. First video I have directed, song with Saba. First studio I ever, second studio ever, but first good studio I recorded <laughs> in with Saba. First great hits I made with Saba. That's my cousin. I love him to death. I know he's probably not listening. Shout out Pivot, Pivot Game. Pivot Game. Pivot might be listening. We John Walt. <laughs> My mellow Joseph Chilliams, all them though. That's, that's my family. Free fresh, you already know. Word, word. All right, so let me tell you what the game is. It's called Let Me School You, Youngin. So we play an old school track, and like we don't tell you who it is, and we get let the the fans they could t- text us or tweet <laughs> us in if they know as well. Um, and we want to see if you you can know the old school joint because our whole show is kind of about young voices but we need to make sure that we know the history so to speak as you were right. saying and to let you know no one has got it right yet no uh, guess this is the same song every no, time no we no we do song. a different song every time but nobody oh, nobody's has, getting it right has, has gotten it right oh, no. and, I'm, and i'm hoping i, I'm, I, I, I listen to a lot of old music but i hope that there's something i know <laughs> and let's see let's see if Uh-oh. you uh, can be schooled or not Uh-oh. All right, sorry everybody grooving at home and in the world. We're gonna have to cut that short and see if we can finally get a winner on Let Me School You Youngin. Wow. What's up? This is so crazy. I was just listening to that whole album the other day. That's Push Him In by Curtis Mayfield. Yeah. We got a winner. So we're gonna do the radio trick. You are now uh, qualified to go. To Paris with Denzel Washington. Denzel right. Washington. You know what I'm saying? And we got we to gotta <laughs> see Mace. Qualified we got to see trip. Mace and Jill Scott. You know, they always and, give away Mace tickets on the radio. And, they ha- <laughs> and there's going to actually, we didn't let me finish. There's oh. going to be a Mace and Jill Scott concert. But wait, there's more. Oh, man. But you are now qualified. It's going to be Negroes in Paris. To win. I'm going to be honest with you. It's not a concert. He's just doing a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, there are no songs except oh, for the organ. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wait till I tell my baby daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm going to Paris with Denzel Washington. You are qualified. You're qualified. I'm qualified. Oh, I got to read the fine print. Oh. To Paris, Illinois oh. with a junior <laughs> CPA named Denzel Washington. <laughs> Dang. Is he cute? Is he cute? He's a 65-year-old man oh. with oh. Um, one tooth per decade that he's been alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got a couple moles. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. He's a good dude. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Sunday. Well, thanks, thanks, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. On that foolishness, this is John Doe here on Ergo. We realized we didn't spell it out, and it's a little complicated unless you speak fluent French. J E A N 
D-E-A-U-X. Um, we're going to have you share some live on the radio art in a sec. Um, but before we do that, you want to tell people like where you mentioned SoundCloud for the for the project, but where can they keep up with your stuff? Everything is that's Jean Do. So that's J-E-A-N-D-E-A-U-X. When's the release date? For oh, Solo man. Season 2, I demand a release date now. Ergo exclusive. What's when, are you, when are you going to R&B battle Christina Million? Man, tomorrow. We're starting that. Get tomorrow. ready. Get ready for your inbox, G. You feel me? Like you need to take out. We're <laughs> gonna start this beef between me and Christina Million. It's, so, it's, it's so weird because you it's know my weird. ex had a super big crush on Christina Million, oh, so we good. damn there got, got beef for got real. Beef for <laughs> I actually have beef with Christina Million. <laughs> we not cool. All right, well let's bring it back to the art then. What are you? Uh, what are you gonna share with us? Um, probably a verse from a song that's possibly gonna be on the EP. Um, so he don't like to smile, but he think I'm hilarious. Sun is on earth, but I rise in Aquarius, fall asleep on the phone, topics are various. He don't care for the schemes, just making pretty pennies and politicking regimes as above, so below. Here we are in between. It ain't, it ain't hard as it seems. Abracadabra met a dragon trying to drink from a stream, but it turned into steam. Now tell me what you look at that. I wasn't looking for you when I fell up in your lap. Like an angel out the sky or a goddess at that. Butterflies in my belly, but I'm keeping it cooler. And I'm feeling so psychic, I see you in my future. Like the way you maneuver, I could tell you a schooler. Got my eyes lighting up like we at Jacob the Jewelers. Head in the clouds, heart in my skull. Now I'm rolling aloud, trying to hide in the smoke. And they see me round town, ask what I'm smiling about. Girl, you crazy. Cause I found her definitely in a room full of maybes Quietly thinking about calling you baby I know you got great vibes I heard you like me through the grapevine Damn, I hope it's true, but I know it takes time Hey, hey. hey. Pour, 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 pour. Yeah, that's from my new song I just wrote that so What's it called, Grapevine? Jacob the Jeweler It's called I Owe You <laughs> Okay I was at Jacob the Jeweler I hope that Jacob the Jeweler gets like um like royalties for every song that Jacob the Jeweler is mentioned in. No, I hope I get a discount for mentioning yeah. Jacob the Jeweler. Yeah, I think you and a, a lot of other rappers. We out here keeping him relevant, man. You gotta. Yeah, that jewelry game is tough. You know, what's up? What will be the first piece of jewelry you got when you uh when you get on TV? A pinky ring. Gang. Instantly, got to get a pinky ring, and that's it. And then maybe a chain. I like it. You already know. Well, if things off this podcast blow up the way they're supposed to, I mean, look, we're seeing you with all kinds of pinky rings. Oh, you already know. That's the role we're trying to serve, a contribution to the moment. This has been Ergo on 88.5 WHPK, WHPK WHPK.org. One thing that I mentioned very briefly last week, but I want to kind of take a second to talk about, is uh, we have a thing where you can basically become like a supporter of the program, uh, through Patreon, so it's like a monthly uh, donation, basically, to support it, help us amplify these strong young voices, become an amplifier. Support the art, support the movement, support Absolutely. the cause. Go cop solar system. Jean, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited that we were able to have you in here. We're going to go out with some more Jean Doe off solar systems, and just good luck, man. Thank you. And stay safe, and I love you. You're my I friend. I love you. Flames of the sun wanted me to come closer I self-destruct, I'm nice and lying It's me the best of luck, at worst of time Somehow I'm fine, I'm losing my mind I can never do enough Don't forget that I exist Even the shadows bending Oh, you